the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Ministering with open hearts. That's the subject of our time today here on Times of Refreshing. Join us. Fear and timidity, more often than not, are in ample supply when it comes to that moment where we're called to minister to somebody the gospel of Christ. Well, today we have some help for you, if that's the case in your life. 2 Corinthians chapter 6 is where we catch up with Pastor Napoleon Kaufman, here on today's broadcast of Times of Refreshing, from the Well, a Christian community in Livermore, California. Ministering with an open heart a genuine desire and love for people around us, giving us a boldness in ministry. That's what today's program is all about. And here to get things started is Pastor Napoleon. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, I want to revisit something and talk to you about something that's important for all of us as we're going forth and growing in the things of God. You know, one of the things that causes us to be effective in ministry and really reach people, no matter what people group they are, no matter where they're at in their lives, is allowing God to open our hearts. Uh, more than what people will hear you say, a lot of times they'll, they'll feel your heart, your heart for them, your passion, your desire for them. And there's no way you and I could be effective in ministry if we don't have a love for people. Now, that having a love for people does not mean that we excuse sin, that we don't discuss sin. Jesus and John the Baptist and Apostle Paul and every Peter, if you read their, uh, their writings, if you listen to what they had to say, if you get in the Gospels and hear Jesus' heart, uh, he did not like sin, but he had an answer for it. And so for us, it's the same way. But I think the thing that you really could see from Jesus' ministry is that his heart was open. He was open. In the midst of all the stuff that he dealt with, he had an open heart. Apostle Paul, you're going to see here, his heart was open in the midst of all the stuff that he dealt with. And so in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 11, on down to 13, we see, we see something here. And I'm going to talk to you guys this morning about ministering with an open heart. Ministering with an, with an open heart. It says here in verse 11, it says, O Corinthians, we have spoken openly to you. Our heart is what? Wide open. He says, you are not restricted by us, but you are restricted by your own, he says, affections. He says, now in return for the same, I speak to you as children. I like this. He says, you also be open. Apostle Paul says, our hearts were open, but you're restricted. And we're around people all around us that are restricted. Even in the church, there's people that come to church. And the reason why they can't really hear from God and really get into the things of God or listening to the preaching or different things of that nature is because their hearts are closed. They come in with a closed heart. And it's a heart issue. And so he says very clearly here, 
in verse in verse 11, O Corinthians, we have spoken openly to, openly to you. He says, our heart is wide open. I love this because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth is going to what? Speak. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth is going to speak. And for Apostle Paul, he says that he spoke openly. Why? Because his heart was open. He spoke openly because his heart was open. And this is something that we have to get to when we have a passion for people. We'll share the gospel openly. We'll speak about things that we see openly. And we'll go forth to them openly. Why? Because our heart is open. He says, O Corinthians, we have spoken openly to you. He says, our heart is wide open. The word here, wide open, it means to be enlarged, to make broad, it means to open up. It means to open up. It means to enlarge, to make broad. It means to open up. His heart was large. It was wide open. It had been opened up. And this is how he ministered to people. People can feel you when they know that your heart is open. Whether you're telling them something good or bad, at least you're sincere and you have a passion and you want to help them. Amen? Now, having an open heart does not mean that you don't have wisdom. It does not mean that you don't have discernment. It does not mean that you're not, you know, uh, sensitive. It does not mean that you, you don't take your time. We want to have an open heart coupled with wisdom. Jesus was like this. Jesus had an open heart towards Judas, knowing that Judas was one that eventually would turn his back on him. But his heart was open to him. He knew exactly what he was getting into. He was very clear on it. And, and Jesus wasn't surprised. He had an understanding. He had wisdom. He had discernment. And so, so for all of us, when we want to have an open heart, but we don't want to have a blinded heart. Amen. Can I have an amen? amen? We want to understand what we're dealing with. So open in heart does not mean that we're foolish. It just means that our heart is open. And when a person is right, our heart is always open to, ex- to accept them and to embrace. And for all of us in this room, we want to have this balance of discernment. But at the end of the day, like Apostle Paul said, he said his heart was wide open. His heart was wide open. It was wide open as he was telling them about things that were going on in the church. His, wide, his heart was wide open. This church that he's talking to was steeped in all kinds of filth and perversion. And I just wrote a couple things down that, that, that he had to deal with as he ministered to them with an open heart. He had to deal with factions, meaning there were divisions in the church. There were things that were going on. As you read First and Second Corinthians, you'll see that there were factions and divisions that were in this church. But yet his heart was wide open. There was erroneous opinions that were in the church. But yet his heart was wide open. Not only just... In the church, but this is stuff we deal with all around us in the world. But in this church, there was also disorderly practices. This is the church in 1 Corinthians chapter 14. He told them that God does all things decently in order because they were all out of order. But yet Apostle Paul's heart was still wide open, understanding what he was dealing with. There was sexual immorality in this church. It was, it was, it was amazing the level of sexual immorality that they dealt with but yet apostle paul was wide open he's wide open and he's correcting he's wide open and he's shifting things he's wide open and he wide open and he's trying to uh, adjust things in their mind he's wide open and he's trying to get them to a place where they can really embrace all that god's trying to do in their life he's wide open while he's making correction he's wide open as he's still embracing them 
And so for all of us, we want to have this same mindset as we're not only ministering to people, but when we're being ministered to, is your heart wide open? For them, the Bible says very clearly here in verse 12, you are not restricted by us. He says, but you are restricted by your own what? Affections. He says, you're restricted. Their affections, from a emotional standpoint, their affections, they were restricted. They had closed themselves off. And all around us in society, we see people closed off. But even in the church sometimes, people can be closed off by their own affections. And unfortunately, it stops them from receiving the flow of grace and power and strength that God wants to release to them through people, through church, through the ministry. They were restricted. The word restricted, it means to be, to be constrained. This Greek word means to be reserved. And I like this. It means to be unable to express oneself. Unable and unwilling to express themselves. And so you see sometimes in church, people are benefiting from the ministry because they're restricted in their emotions. They're re- restricted in their affections. They're, they're restricted. And it's not... It's not The ministry's problem may not be the pastor's problem. It may not be some preacher's problem or some biblical advisor's problem. It may be your problem. Can I have an amen? Because a person is restricted in their affections. And we're going to talk about some of the reasons why this takes place. But I think this is something we have to get to. We have to see ministry as a river that's continually flowing. That God is releasing, he's releasing, he's releasing. And as he's releasing, there's various channels that God will begin to release his blessing uh, uh, to you through. And God is going to choose who he chooses to release his blessing. Isn't it amazing that God, when he wanted to get uh, prophet Balaam's attention, that God went so far as to speak to him through a donkey. (laughs) Through a donkey to get his attention. That was the channel that God used to, to get his message across. And sometimes we have to stop and, and look and stop looking at all the packaging sometimes. And although the packaging, we want to make sure the package is right. But sometimes we get so caught up that we're, we're not receiving based on, and we're going to talk about based on issues that have to do with us. And it has nothing to do with the vessel. And so for all of us, like Apostle Paul saying, he's saying you're restricted. He says by your own affections. And it's not us. Our heart is wide open. We're willing to do this. We're on point. We're trying to do our best. We're, I'm trying to effectively meet, reach you. This is what he's saying. But your heart is closed off. And so we want to be sensitive about this. We don't want to be constrained, reserved, or unable or unwilling to express ourselves when we should. When we do that, we're cutting off our channel of blessing and we're stopping what God wants to do in our lives. And I want to give you Three reasons why this generally happens within a local church or when it just happens in culture. Why people are closed off. Three reasons. Matthew chapter 24. Let's go to Matthew chapter 24. Matthew chapter 24. We're going to look at verses 7 on down. Now, now in this chapter, Jesus is predicting the end time destruction of the, the temple in Jerusalem. He's, he's talking about not only... The end time destruction of the temple of Jerusalem and what's going to happen in Israel. He's also foreshadowing and prophesying concerning things that are going to happen at the end of this age. So what we call this is the law of double reference. He's referencing a certain period of time. 
but he's also referencing, uh, he's also uh, presenting to us another period of time that we have to be conscious of. It's the law of double reference. I'm referencing, he's referencing, he's uh, presenting to us this period of time, but he's also referencing the period of time in which we are approaching and in some cases are living in. And he says this in verse 7. He says, For nation will arise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom, and there will be famines, pestilences, and earthquakes in various places. And all these are the beginning of sorrows. He says, Then they will deliver you up to tribulation and kill you, and you will be hated by all nations, he says, for my name's sake. He says, and then many will be what? Come on, where are you at, saints? Many will be what? He says, offended. Will betray one another and will hate one another. Then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. And because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. But he who endures to the end shall be what? Saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations. And then the end will come. And so very clearly here, he cites one of the reasons why this condition is going to take place. And I believe it's what happens even now is is because of offense. People close their hearts off because they get offended. They either personally get offended by something someone says or does to them or they do what I, they, they, they get afflicted by what I call secondary offense. So you don't have a problem with the person, but you have a problem now based on what somebody else did to the person. It's called, it's called secondary offense. And so what happens when a person gets offended, they close their heart down. And saints, I want to just tell you, if you are looking for a perfect church where you'll never get your toes stepped on, then you are, you may need to go to Pluto or something. Because it's not going to happen. People are people. People have flaws. People have hiccups and hang-ups. And sometimes in church, your toes are going to get stepped on. Amen? But it always amazes me because people, and I've talked about this before, people will, they will stay on the job through all kinds of mess. They'll step on your bunion, on your corn, on everything. And you'll stay right there in the business and at the company. But people come to church and one person does one little thing and they allow themselves to get offended and get closed off and they shut their hearts on. And it may not mean that they stop coming to church. It just means that they're not open anymore and their heart is not open to receive. Or in some cases, and I've seen this happen with pastors where, and, and leaders, where the leaders, now I'm tired of these people. They're getting on my nerves. Pastor, send them somebody else. I'm done. Come on, can you give a message? I'll give them one scripture. That's about it. People's hearts are closed. Hearts are shut down. Hearts are closed and shut off. And this is what Apostle Paul is dealing with. But in this passage of scripture, Jesus says very clearly, he says in many, verse 10, and then many will be offended. And then offense, what does it do? It opens the door to betrayal. And then betrayal, what does it do? It opens the door to hating people. 
And so what happens is you have this going on. And it doesn't mean necessarily a person will leave the church. It doesn't necessarily a person. It, I mean, it's sad. And for all of us, we have to be very, very sensitive about this, that we don't allow offense to get into our hearts. And it stops us from having a heart that's wide open. That's why Jesus said we need to forgive people. We need to communicate with people. If we have an issue, we need to talk to people. And it's nothing but the devil that causes people to say, well, I'm not going to say anything to them. For all of us here, we want to be very sensitive about this and make sure that our heart remains open. Now, there are times when you shouldn't be the first one to talk to someone. Somebody should be coming to you and apologizing and different things like that. But at least they should know where you're at because you've communicated with your heart because your heart is wide open. Amen? And so very clearly here, the first thing that we see is offense. Offense leads to bitterness also. A person becomes bitter. They become closed off. And I want to say this. A root of bitterness doesn't bother the other person. It troubles you. It causes you to go down the wrong road. It causes your spirit to be vexed and, and all bound up. So for us as a church, we want to make sure that we, we deal with offense. That means we have to learn to forgive people. Amen? We got to learn to forgive people. Let me say this too. I see this often in marriages. In marriages is, 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 is a place where we need to be practicing forgiveness sometimes the most. Amen. Can I have an amen in here? Because it's in your marriage that you really let your hair down and you didn't. And somebody step on your foot. And for us, and we have to practice forgiveness. Major in forgiveness. You have to forgive your kids. Don't get me preaching to the wall now. You have to forgive your kids. You have to forgive. Now listen to me. Look at my, look at, get my eyeballs real good. You got to forgive your in-laws. I see y'all way over there. Forgive in every area of your life. We have to be willing to do this. Why? Because we don't want to be closed off. We don't want our hearts to be shut off. Apostle Paul said his heart was wide open in the midst of all the stuff he dealt with with the church. His heart was wide open. Now he had wisdom. Now he had discernment. We know he had understanding. We know that he wasn't just, you know, open season on his life. But we do know that his heart was still wide open. And for us, it's the same thing. Do not allow offense to close your heart off to people to the power of God. Some people get offended when they see people shouting in church and they see people praising God. Who do they think they are? I mean, like they really know God or something in here, you know. <laughs> they get offended that the service doesn't look like the one they came from. These people shouting, why is it that? And for, I think what happens is we cannot allow ourselves to be closed off. Some people get offended because their doctrine is bad. As soon as a woman grabbed the mic, they... Can I preach this this morning? If God can speak through a donkey, surely God can speak through a woman in the church too. Amen. Don't get me preaching. Don't, don't, get, me, don't, 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 get, me, don't get my theology, my theology going in here. I don't want to get into doctrine and stuff. We won't deal with that subject. But I will say we have to be open. We have to allow God to do what he's trying to do in our lives. We cannot allow offense to take us over. Amen. Let's go to Acts chapter 7. And this is the other reason. This is another reason why people's hearts are closed. And they're not open. And this one's dangerous. Acts chapter 7. Verse 48 on down to 51. Stephen has got up. And he's beginning to preach the gospel. 
to, to Jewish people. He's preaching the gospel to those who have, know the traditions, know the history. And he's getting down to the place where he's beginning to discuss Jesus Christ's death and how these individuals had turned on him and gave him over to Pontius Pilate and he dies. And, and he's getting down to the, the, the meat of this thing with him. And conviction begins to come forth. But we'll see something here that's troubling. It says in verse, in, verse, uh, in verse 48. He says, However, the Most High does not dwell in temples made with hands. As the prophet says, Heaven is my throne and earth is my footstool. What house will you build for me, says the Lord? Or what is the place of my rest? He says, Has my hand not made all these things? And then he says this. And this is important. He says, you stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart and what? He says, you always resist the Holy Spirit. As your fathers did, he says, so do you. And so Stephen, he's very specific. His heart is wide open and he's trying to tell them exactly what their condition is. He's not trying to be mean. He's not trying to, but he's, he is being very direct and blunt about this is your state. And he tells them, you're, you're, you stiff-necked, stiff-necked and uncircumcised, he says, in heart, he says, and ears, and he says, you resist. Another reason why individuals' hearts are closed off is because of pride. Hallelujah. Write down pride. Yes. Now, it could be cultural pride. It could be cultural pride. It could be, uh, it, it could be a pride that's associated with maybe a wound or a doctrine like we talked about before. And as a result of that, a person's heart is closed off. Closed off. They're prideful. He called them stiff-necked. He said that they, were, they, they wouldn't move. And, and it's, a, it's amazing how this happens in churches. This also happens in church where people, they won't budge. I'm not moving. And, and have you ever tried? Have you ever? I got four kids. And have you ever had a kid that went stiff? <laughs> ah! It's hard to move them. Yeah. <laughs> Do I have a witness in this place? <laughs> Man, a kid goes stiff on you. <laughs> Falling out. Ah! <laughs> but, but you know, that's how some people are. That's how some grown-ups are in their mind. They won't budge. It's because of pride. They won't give in. And what happens is, you see Stephen sharing the gospel here, sharing the message of Christ, and he just basically breaks down. And he said, this is your condition. And their condition is based on the fact that they had cultural bondage, doctrinal bondage, all this stuff, and they came in, he's trying to tell them, but they would not budge. This is one of the reasons why some individuals' hearts are closed off. It's because they're just too prideful. They come to church and they think nobody's going to tell me what to do. Well, you're here to learn what to do. Hallelujah. Can I have an amen? amen. And, and there's no way to go up in life if you're not willing to go down. Because if you're not willing to humble yourself and to accept wrong and to accept change, there's no way you can grow in the kingdom. You're not doing God a favor by being here. Yes. Hallelujah. He had mercy upon you. Amen. And so for all of us, I think we have to consider this, that we don't know everything. 
We don't do everything right. We don't hold. I don't know about you. I didn't grow up with a father in my life. So I didn't know how to be a husband. I didn't know how to be a real man from a biblical standpoint. I needed somebody to teach me. I needed the word of God to teach me. I needed to get in here and say, man, I don't know what I'm doing. So here I am. I'm humbling myself. I want to learn how to be a man. Can I have an amen? Somebody teach me. Money in the bank. Houses, cars, all kinds of stuff. But I remember sitting there in my room and saying, well, I don't even know how to be a man. I got all this mess. And I don't even know how to be a man. What is it? What is a husband? And I thank God, God sent me some individuals that could say, hey, if you want to find out how to be a real man, then pick up this Bible. The greatest man that ever walked upon the face of the earth, you can learn right from his table. Can I have an amen in this place? This is what we got to do, but it takes humility. It takes humility. And you're listening to Pastor Napoleon Kaufman here today on Times of Refreshing. Our desire is to see you grow in Christ through the daily ministry of God's Word. And as you take time to spend with us studying God's Word, we trust you are being encouraged in Christ. You can reach out to us by phone, 925-292-7800, 925-292-7800, or write to us, Times of Refreshing, 2333 Nissan Drive. Livermore, California. The zip code is 94551. You're also welcome to visit our website, thewellchurch.net. It's a great place to visit if you would like information regarding who we are, where we meet, what we're about. Past sermons are available online there, as well as our online store. And you can even get connected with us there. Again, thewellchurch.net. I would invite you to join us on either our church app, at our website, thewellchurch.net, or on our YouTube channel for our weekly message at 1030. Pastor Napoleon will share a message from the Lord just like he used to with his program, Hope of Glory. And remember to be faithful as well during this time of challenge with your giving. You can give online through our website, through the church app, or by mail to the church office. And we are praying and standing on his truths during this time and remembering that God is in control and we're praying for you. Thank you for joining us today. Until next time, God bless.